This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1670, Comic Talk. I'm Brian Christman. I'm Adam Murdo. And I'm Chris Everly. And welcome to the show. Yes, I know it's another comic talk episode because we haven't done another show in about two weeks. Uh, had some things in the meantime that kind of happened, so we're doing another comic talk. Uh, we will focus mostly on the uh, recent Wild Pig sale and news from said sale from Mr. Everly and... Uh, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> honored, brother. Honored. But first, as always, a word from our sponsor. In this case, a new sponsor. This episode of Comic Geek Speak is brought to you by LearnToGradeComicBooks.com. Oh. Yes. Do you want to know what your comics are worth? Have you been at a convention holding your Grail book but not sure if it was actually in the condition the dealer priced it as? Well, the Learn to Grade Comic Books course will give you the skills you need to buy and sell comics with confidence. Now, this is done by Kevin Volo, who's been a longtime listener of ours way back. He used to sponsor us with pixel strips back in the day. Remember that, Adam? I still have one of his free T-shirts, actually. <laughs> Excellent. Well, of course, he's a huge comic fan. And uh, his daytime job, he's an instructional technologist and designer. Well, what that means is that he helps out university faculties design online courses. And what he's done is designed an online course about comic books and grading. Learn to Grade Comic Books takes you step-by-step step through every comic grade level, explaining in detail why each book received the grade that it did. Video lessons examine three different titles at each grade level, to give you a solid baseline for understanding the grading criteria. Lessons are broken down over 30 HD videos with, wow. high, yes, with high resolution images to make sure you can clearly see the details being discussed. That's over eight hours of course content plus bonus support materials. So head over to the website, learn to grade comic books, all one word, dot com. To learn more and enroll today, use the coupon code CGS2017 to get 5% off the course. Because, I mean, we talked before in the past, I know virtually nothing about grading comic books. Chris is a very good grader. But uh, I've perused the site, and oh my God, these videos are so intense. It shows you how to even open like graded comics to you know that are slapped, open them up to look at them. Uh, there's detailed text. Again, the videos are high definition. It's beautiful going through. He takes you step by step. He's got a very nice voice, Kevin does. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm sort of in the market for uh, maybe thinning out my collection. So I want to look at what I have to see, hmm, is this a grade worth maybe getting certified by CGC to still know that's an extra specific grade, or do I want to sell it raw? So these, this is going to be very helpful to me personally going through there. So if you're interested in that, again, check it out. LearnToGradeComicBooks.com 
pants. That's a fantastic idea. I I got to check that out. Yes. I mean, that video you and I did was just a quick overview. This is going to be far more detailed and I'm sure authoritative. That's a wonderful idea. Yes, Chris. So I sent you all the information. You may look at it at your uh, at your leisure as well. Thanks, Honey Pooh. Okay. Well, I do have some uh, news I want to get to later on, but first, just because of possibility of limited time, uh, we do want to get Chris to talk about uh, the recent wild pig sale this past weekend, uh, September 30th and October 1st, as well as the future of wild pig comics. So, Chris, as always, the floor is yours. What a what a sonorous <laughs> introduction! They don't give these I, shows I, to chimps. I swear, well, the bar, but uh. <laughs> I, I, all those years of Letterman have really paid off. Pants yeah, I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. This, this, is, this is me channeling Letterman all the time here, as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, brothers in arms, um, this is, this is a, a tough moment for me because uh, the sale we ran, and you were both there. It was wonderful to have you both there. Thank you. You're very welcome. And uh, we had some other listeners there as well. Um, the sale underperformed, uh, underperformed very poorly. Uh, considering the inventory we had, uh, probably the best array of wall books I've ever had. Oh my god! Um, yes. <laughs> in the shop, and that's saying something. Yep. And you know, tons of new stuff. And uh, the people who came spent. They spent very generously, but it just wasn't enough people. And uh, it's with a heavy heart that I, I'm going to be uh, closing my business at the end of the month. Um, it, this has been something I've been struggling with for a long time. Uh, business has been in. Quite a decline since the summer of 2016, um, and as much as I love selling comics, there just aren't enough people buying them. Right. And uh, the, the gaming side of it, which frankly I, I has never really been my thing. I have wonderful people there who kind of handle that for me under my you know overall supervision. Uh, that that's also declined to a point where it's it's become too difficult to keep the doors open, and I've. Unfortunately, accumulated substantial debt over the past few years, which I now have to deal with, which is going to be a real uh, probably burden for the next couple of years. Um, so it's time to put family first and uh, also my health because I've been under tremendous strain for quite some time now trying to salvage everything. Uh, there is a – as I say this, this, this news, news bulletin pants that just came in. Okay. <laughs> there, there's a remote possibility one of my helpers may want to buy the store from me. Wow. I say remote, but if they <laughs> if, if they decide, and that's not a, a shot against them, it's just you know things as they are. It's it's uh, I was very frank with, with, with this person and how difficult this business is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if that happens, then you know they'll probably obviously they'll take it in in a, in a different direction and, and do what they will with it. And sure. uh, the person the person who's considering it is is highly qualified to uh, to run with it. Um, but, uh, my, 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 my run has come to an end. Uh, I am frankly totally exhausted. <laughs> um, I am utterly disgusted with all of the distributors and, and different people. That, well, I shouldn't say all of them because some of the gaming distributors are good people, but uh, the fact that I never have to deal with diamond comics again is, is already going to reduce my anxiety and probably add years back to my life. <laughs> um, so, and uh, you know, it, it's I, this is I'm just very difficult for me because I've devoted nearly 20 years of my life really to this business and this store, 
And uh, it's not really ending on the terms I'd like, but uh, it, it's the decline has been particularly precipitous, and uh, I'm really struggling right now financially. So before it becomes even more of a bloodbath, I have to uh, pull up stakes and uh, you know move on. Right. But I'm not getting out of comics, of course, besides the show, which is one of the great joys of my life. Uh, I'll also continue to sell comics at shows. Yes. So whether I sell the store, which is remote, or more likely I just close it, the wall books are coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the... And uh, other select that was books. That's one of my questions. And, uh, oh, what happened to the war books? That's one of my questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're coming with me. And, uh, you know, local people who are in the New Jersey, New York area will see me in Pennsylvania will see me at, at shows down the line. Um, if Besides the fact that I want to do it, it's also going to probably have, I'm also going to have to do it to help pay off my debt. But um, mm. uh, the, the business is, and I've talked about the store many times in the air and just the, the nature of the business and, it's just changed so much since I first got into it all the way back in 1999, and uh, it's at a point now where – and I say this with no sour grapes, just just being – looking at the reality situation. Uh, I question how much longer Marvel and DC themselves will be producing comics. I, I just get a whiff of desperation in, in, in a lot of the things that they're doing, um, and I really question how many people are even buying these things. Are they even making money on them at this point? My gut feeling is no. So it'd be interesting to see where, in general, all this is going to go. But uh, I'm uh, I'm getting off the crazy train because <laughs> uh, you know it, it's it's heartbreaking, and I, I wish it, it could it could be different. But um, there's just not enough money being made, and uh, not enough people are buying comics. Yeah, and and, and the gaming side of it, uh, you know. I've learned a lot about that over the past five years as we brought gaming into the business. Um, there are things about it I, I really have enjoyed. Other parts of it, I, I frankly will not will not miss one iota. Um, but I to do to, to get to do a gaming store, you really got, I mean, never really my thing. And the people who work for me are wonderful. But if someone buys this for me, or, or just people are going to get into that in, in their own way, uh, boy, you really got to know what you're doing because the the there's a very uh, – you have to walk a very fine line between failure and success. It's very easy to fall off that line and just tumble into debt and, and, and defeat. So anybody getting into any kind of business like this, boy, you really got to be careful and you really got to have the right capital and you really got to appreciate how difficult it is to get the people in your business to, to spend money because we have to remember people really don't have money on disposable ed- entertainment the way they might have had in the past. And, and, and plus people are looking for the best deal they possibly can get, which I understand. Um, so, but the distributors not giving anybody any breaks, I can assure you on what a, a retailer is paying for these products, whether it's Magic the Gathering, which has a extremely difficult profit margin to achieve. I will say that. And, uh, or Dungeons and Dragons or comics or board games or whatever. So anybody who wants to get into this, please really think about it and really tread carefully because there's very little margin for error at all at this point. Um, but uh, I want to thank all the listeners who have supported the store over the years, who have come to sales, who have ordered books from me over the, on the internet, um, who have said kind things. Uh, I've really savored all those interactions right through the sale we had this past weekend. Um, the, the sale may have underperformed, but the people who came were wonderful, and I, I really appreciate that. So 
Gentlemen, I'm I'm at the uh, I'm more or less at the end of my run here. Okay, well, so. I mean, I know you've been in the business for quite a long time. I mean, I first was at your store, I believe, in September of 2006. I think it was my first wild pig jaunt. And I mean, if if, if folks have been listening to the show for that long, or maybe even a little longer, they know that. You actually closed the store for one point a few years ago and, you know, did shows and then reopened the store again. So, I mean, you've been through it all in the business there, haven't you? I have. I I mean, at this point, honestly, I question reopening, but not only to a degree because I did really enjoy reopening, coming back to it because that place is like home. Mm -hmm. Um, But – in hindsight, I think I, sh- I probably should have closed a year earlier than I am now. That probably would have saved me a lot of grief, actually, financially. Uh, because the business – and I've talked about this with you guys many times. The business is just not what it used to be because the nature of comics have changed from a retail standpoint, from a consumer standpoint. I mean when I first opened in 99 and then I, I closed the store initially in 2010, there wasn't much in the way of digital comics. I mean everything was still paper. Uh, and then when I came back in 12, you, you could really – the change was palpable, and um, I felt that right away. And we tried all kinds of different things. Like we got – we eventually got rid of new comics, so I thought they were just pointless to carry because very few people were buying them. St- emphasized the vintage comics, the games, and, and so forth, but uh, the audience just wasn't there enough to support a brick-and-mortar store. I mean and, and there are people who do make it work, but I, I'm, just, I'm just not one of them at this point. Um, and you got to do what you love, and I, I don't love gaming, so that's another reason why I had to get out because I just wasn't enjoying it the way I used to. And uh, when I, when I'm spending a lot of money on something I really don't enjoy, that also adds to my my agenda. So, <laughs> um, nothing, nothing against gamers at all. I know many of our listeners are probably also gamers. It's just it's just not my thing, and, and I, the the profit the profitability of it was just became just too daunting. Um, I mean, when you when you we, we don't even get fifty percent on a magic pack. It's like, why am I doing this? So, well, I was know. I was talking to a friend the other day about you know because Toys R Us is sort of going through a, you know a thing right now, and one of their biggest problems is you know competition from online. And we we're, we we're talking, and she said, you know, like brick and mortar stores are just having a tough time. You know, so many people. You know, she was like very business would go to brick and mortar stores. So, you know, that's also a, a thing, to that I'm sure didn't work in your favor there, Chris, you know, betting things either digitally or, like, through, like, DCBS. My goodness, you even switched to DCBS yourself. I have indeed, yep. Well, that's – that Pants, that's because I, I – and I've made no secret about this. I never enjoyed doing business with Diamond Comic Distributors. I mean some of the people I work with there are very nice people, and, and they did their best within the confines of what they're required to do to help. But I, I have just – I have, let's say, issues with – I have issues with, with distributors who, who make your life harder rather than easier. And when you're dealing with a company that acts that way in many ways because of, of their monopolistic status, it's so less than ideal to work with. And when you're dealing with a product that is it's just constantly increasing in price and fewer and fewer people are buying, but you're still dealing with the same crappy payment terms and so forth. Like, you're like again, like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, that, and that, 
that was always a struggle. Um, but at least when comics were a little more viable, I, I, I could put up with it. But in the last couple of years, I, I was like, you know, this is I don't, I don't want to work. I don't want to work with these kinds of arrangements anymore. It, it's just it's deeply taxing. Um, and, you know, I'm selling a, a, ten, a 10 minute read at four dollars. <laughs> just saying that out loud, it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know. There's like a tiny niche of people who are actually buying them, or if they're even buying the paper. Maybe they're digital, and I don't blame them if they're doing that because they can go on unlimited and buy, read a bunch of back issues and and so forth. Um, just the, the model wasn't working for me anymore. Uh, so, I mean, I, back issues, I still have a great profitability, but they're more for shows because they, they don't they don't sell enough to maintain a store. Right. Um, in tandem with with gaming and gaming you need the trick with gaming is you need to get as many people in there as possible to buy drinks to buy snacks to buy accessories dice single magic cards books which have you because the events themselves i've found have very poor profit margins so you need them to buy a lot of other stuff and if not a lot of people come in you're not making enough money and that that, that was that happened too often especially in this last year for a variety of reasons competition and other factors so I'm totally exhausted, <laughs> um, and uh, it, it's it's heartbreaking, especially to leave as I am with, with with substantial debt that I have to deal with now. Um, but that's my affair and, and my you know my problem. But uh, it's it's rough. It's I'm sorry it has to end the way the way it's ending. But in, in some ways it's a relief. Um, in, in other ways, though, it's 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 very much a bitter pill. Right. Now, of course, you mentioned you're going to be doing shows, and you've done shows in the past. But have you considered, in some way, uh, maybe having an online presence for your back issues? I'm thinking about that. The only problem is that I'm not going to be taking like I'm going to be liquidating. Ah. Or selling, or, or selling. I'm not keeping all the bargain stuff. I'm not going to store thirty thousand back issues in my garage. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not put, doling out money for a storage facility. Okay. Um, so I'm only taking the better stuff. And my problem with that is, if you're selling the stuff online, if someone's going to quibble with grade, I don't really want to get into that. I'm, I'm too tired now. Like, I'll, I'd rather if I'm going to sell a wall book to someone, I want them to be there physically in front of me so they can inspect it. And there's no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not spending money getting books graded either. Um, I want I want to minimize this for myself as much as possible when oh, it comes to headache, headaches and problems. And um, plus, I like going to shows and setting up and talking to people and selling books. I mean, I, I've had some success selling to listeners online, like Wantless, which are just basic books at a basic price, which I'm happy to do. Um, but not not the better stuff. It's too much of a headache. Mm-hmm. Whatever I sell will be in person to people who are actually there so they can inspect the book, and then there's no problems. Um, so I, I might consider continuing to, to fill want lists for people. It just depends on what inventory I, I, I retain. Sure. Everything's in a bit of flux right now because I have to see whether or not this gentleman does want to buy the store, which I think is remote, but he might. And um, you know, we'll see what, what, how that transpires. But I, I mean I'm out. That's, that's a given. Okay. So um, – well, of course, keep us updated for the next uh, couple of weeks on how that goes. We want to hear that goes. Oh, of course. And uh, like I said, people will see me eventually at shows, especially my old friend John Paul, NewJerseyComicShows.com. 
best comic, best and one of the longest running comic shows in the country. In New Jersey, twice a month, you want real back issues and pants. You can attest to this. Oh, yeah. that's, that's where you go. Yeah, I've, that's where I've you been go. there a, a so, couple times. It's very, very nice. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll be saving some of those. All right. Well, unfortunately, like I said we had to get the sentence out of the way. But let's talk about the actual event this past weekend. Like I said, Adam and I were, sure. both, were both there. And uh, it was very nice to see everybody uh, come out. Well, everybody. We had a couple people. Actually, our friend John Morrissey, a Marvel man on the forums, uh, came up from Virginia. He sure did. I'm sure he's glad he got in now. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was going through his I don't even know what he ended up buying, but he was going through his back issues like no one's business. Now John was great and he was so friendly and great to meet and he was very generous in his consuming and uh he even told me this is like one of his bucket lists. I was like, My God. Um the guy drove four hundred miles to <laughs> To come to the event, and I was, you know, obviously moved by that and honored, and uh, I'm glad he made it because after that weekend, I was like, uh, I got to stop this because it's it, it's underperforming. Mm. So he he got it in just under the wire. That's right. <laughs> essentially. So Adam, I, I didn't actually I saw you had quite a stack going on. What did you end up picking up? Oh, this and that, you know. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I do have said stack uh, in the very short box uh, in which uh, I carried it out of the sh- of the shop. Uh, on the floor here in front of me. So let's see. Um, well, I picked up uh, several issues of Gotham Central. Chris, I know this comes highly recommended from you. Oh, so now I'm finally yeah. going to uh, – I've got the first nine issues here, plus a later arc, uh, issues 20 through 22, which involves the Mad Hatter. <laughs> so look forward to d- diving into that in the uh, coming Great series. Years. Great series. Um, I picked up uh, about half the issues of Marvel's original Sin event from a couple of years ago, which I did not want to buy at cover price, and so I didn't. I've got uh, most of of Nick Spencer's Ant-Man run here, and also his astonishing Ant-Man run. Uh, I got some 70s issues of Brave and the Bold. Uh, Chris, I found issue number 25 of Priest's Black Panther run. Keystone of uh, my collection of that. I, I have just all the issues preceding it and a whole bunch of issues after it, but I couldn't read any further until I found that issue and you had it for me, Chris. Fantastic, Merds. Now, I may continue you know, the the journey through uh, <laughs> Priest's uh, very entertaining run on that character that I know means so much to you. Indeed. I found uh, Spider-Woman number 37, first, uh, volume one, which is the first appearance of uh, Banshee's daughter, Siren. Um, I've got a few issues of Kurt Busiek's Shock Rockets, a series that came out through Gorilla Comics. Fun back series, in fun the series. Early 2000s. Yeah, it's about a bunch of uh, like street racers who uh, cannibalize spacecraft left over from a failed alien invasion, and uh, the fun times they have racing those uh, illegal space rods around uh, Earth. Uh, a few issues of uh, the early New Teen Titans run by Wolfman Perez, including the first appearance of Dr. Light's Fearsome Five and Francis Kane, occasional girlfriend of Wally West, Brian. Uh, Magneto, is that what she also went by? Uh, Magenta. Magenta, I'm sorry, it's right, Magenta. Which is kind of a, it's an anagram of Magneto. No, so. ma- no, uh, that's my excuse for my, my tongue tied there. And a good one it is, too. <laughs> and you were with me when I found these three issues of Batman Confidential, numbers 26 through 28, with uh-huh. uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez artwork, introducing King Tut to pre-Flashpoint Batman continuity. <laughs> I've got the Batman Full Circle one-shot featuring The Reaper with Alan Davis artwork. Um, I've got uh, 
uh, several random annuals. This was random annual day, apparently. I got a couple of Iron Man annuals, including one with Man-Thing and the Molecule Man. Oh. Uh, there's a Batman annual written by Mark Wade and uh, Brian Augustine with inks by Michael Bayer. It's uh, Batman versus white supremacists, sadly still topical here in 2017. And uh, inspired by our recent discussions of Jack Kirby during his centennial, I got all the issues of both of the 1980s superpower miniseries, those toy-related oh. um, non-continuity comics that uh, Kirby plotted back in the 80s. Plus, I got uh, from your trade selection, Chris, uh, the back half of Terry Moore's Strangers in Paradise series. Oh. So I can finish reading that series in time for the new material to come out next year. And I grabbed the latest uh, – I continue to work my way through Fables. I got volume 12 in trade. Murd. I mean I got to say, Murd, you barely came up for air for much of the day. You were like a locust. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. I was, and, I, and I'm honored, sir. I'm like, glad uh, you came up with a great batch of stuff there. I was just doing my part for the war effort, Chris. I mean, I know. <laughs> if, if this was to be the swan song, the threnody, the requiem mass for Wild Pig comics as we know it, I'm, I'm glad that we were there to lend our voices to the chorus and also to help uh, fill the alms bin and, and help to defray your, your, your expenses. Thanks, bro. Honored. Yeah, uh, I didn't buy quite as much as Adam's because I've <laughs> – I've already gone through your back issues quite a lot, but I did find a few more things. Uh, a couple of uh, Bronze Age Thors, well, it's a couple of Bronze Age Thors annuals uh, I did not have. But I actually found uh, something I haven't been looking for quite a while, DC Superstars number 7, um, featuring Aquaman. That was a line back in the 70s, didn't last too long, of like a lot of reprints things. But I didn't have issue 7, so now I found that Wild Pig, and boop, now that series is done. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And, of course, what would a recap be without talking about the raffle? <laughs> so, of course, uh, once again, Chris always puts together a, a good raffle, and uh, half of the proceeds uh, go to the Hero Initiative in the name of our uh, departed brother, Jamie D. Yep. And, of course, it's a dollar raffle ticket or six or five, <laughs> five, five dollars. And I think you have like 10 items up there, and you put your tickets in, and you eventually will draw them out. So in the past, I've always bought I did it again. I bought $52 worth of tickets. And, of course, now the competitiveness got the better of some of the people there. John, Big John, decided to buy $53 <laughs> worth of raffle tickets. <laughs> So, and of course, we, I put my tickets in before we went to the fabled Kenilworth Diner for, for lunch around 2 o'clock. So, and we uh, made it back in time for the 3 o'clock raffle. And you actually also had a couple of door prizes as well, Chris, besides the raffles, right? I sure did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had a copy of was it, uh, New Teen Titans number 44, the first disco outfit yep. of <laughs> Nightwing. That's correct. <laughs> And a Nierman copy of Harley Quinn number one uh, from the 90s of Terry Dodson. Um, yep. Drawn, and that was actually won by Big John. Yes, it was. And, of course, you had some wonderful artist editions. You had an artist edition of Kirby's New Gods, which I already had, so I didn't have to put a ticket in that. But you also had a art edition of the Forever People by Kirby, which I was really going for. And, actually, I did win that. So, oh, huzzah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Anything else from the sale, gentlemen, to uh, to mention? 
No, just I, again, just I really want to thank the people who came because the, and the listeners we met and um, there's one gentleman. I, I'm just terribly sorry, I, I, I can't remember his name, who came out to the as Murder. I was walking Murder to his car. He came out to thank us for uh, Dan. His name was Dan. Thank you, Murder. I can only count your memory just for uh, how much the show meant to him. He served in the Air Force and just he talked about you know how what was going on in his personal life, how the show helped him, and, and that's. That moved me significantly, especially as I knew my business was coming to an end to hear that and just reaffirms again how much the show means and why it's so worth doing. So thank you for that, Dan. And uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Jason and Sarah Daniels, who are among our favorite uh, Wild Pig Show companions who made the trip one more time and uh, came out to lunch with us, and also Big John at the Kenilworth Diner. And I also wanted to say hello to George Corey of – Author of a comic book. Yes, for, that's right. Who, to whom I did not get as much of a chance to talk as I would have liked. So, uh, hi, George. Thanks for uh, coming out and helping Chris and uh, supporting the sale. Well, and, it was it was a thrill to meet George. Thank you for reminding me, Murray, because I, I he introduced himself to me, and it gave me some great buttons from the about the book, like little pin-on buttons. And uh, it was a thrill to meet him because I love that book, and I was just really complimenting him and the wonderful job he did. In capturing that that time period that uh, we all know, uh, and and especially Pants and I grew up with. So, uh, George, it was real great to meet you. And, and and as my story may be coming to an end, it was nice to have that moment with with a, a writer I admire who did such a wonderful job on that on that book. If you haven't read Comic Book Fever, uh, tomorrow's you know carries it. I, I highly recommend, especially if you grew up in the in the nineteen seventies and eighties. You got to read that book. So. Awesome. Well, Chris, you have a few more, few more minutes just to hang out with us? Yeah, I can take about 15 minutes. Okay. Um, I wanted to, to sort of bring out the historian in you, so I'm, I'm hoping you can help out with this a little bit. I'll do my best. Uh, with your comic book knowledge and what have you there. Um, last week, uh, Hugh Hefner passed away at the ripe old age yes. of 91. Mm-hmm. And I know the early days of Playboy, he had a lot of well-known artists you know, working working on the book. Oh yes, he did. Yes, you know, he did. Al, Al Jaffe. I'm going. There's an article in the Washington Post. I'm going to be quoting from her. Al Jaffe, uh, Jules Pfeiffer, Shel Silverstein, Arnold Roth, and of course um, Jack Cole, who created Plastic Man. Yep. Um, what can you tell me? Do you know anything about? Because also I know who Hefner was a. He really wanted to be a cartoonist. I think was what his, his real <laughs> initial young uh, aspirations were. I don't know much about that. What I do know, I mean, Hugh, Hugh Hefner is obviously a controversial figure. I mean, you know, the the, the infamous. Uh, well, it depends on how you look at. It. I'm not saying I think it's infamous, but you know, the, the, let's just say the controversial Gloria Steinem expose where she uh, pretended to be a, a she wanted to cover it as a Playboy bunny in one of the clubs, and she wrote a like a scathing uh, expose on on that what that life was like, and you know. People have different takes on you, Hefner, and and what he, what he, st- he stood for and what in his place in, in in history and popular culture. What I will say, though, in tandem, what you're talking about is that we often forget that there's that old joke that you know people only read Playboy for the articles, right? <laughs> but there actually were a lot of great articles in Playboy, um, especially in uh, you know its early years where he got great cartoonists, he got got intellectuals, he got serious journalists to contribute to that magazine. So. Whatever else you might want to say about you, Hefner, um, he definitely was an advocate for the First Amendment, um, and that was very evident in uh, the, the the a lot of the articles and, and writers and artists he had were in that magazine. So, 
that that that's that's you know well I'll say about that. It's a complex figure. I was reading his obituary in the Times, um, you know, after he passed, and uh, you know, you get the sense that he was someone who really was chafing under like sort of like the stereotypical button-down, uh, you know, atmosphere of the 1950s. And uh, you know what he was doing in, in Playboy, not just with with the uh, the adult imagery, but also with the articles and all of that was I think was was a reaction against that. And uh, you know people people take that in different ways, but there's no denying I think just the, the the impact, the significance of that of that whole endeavor. All right, so I pulled this up here from Variety. I'm not sure you heard about this, um, Chris. Uh, Amazon. Uh, getting some pro projects um, for their streaming video service for 2018, and they're developing Lazarus. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah, it says Lazarus, based on a comic book by Greg Rucka, is set in an alternative, alternative near future where the world has been divided among 16 rival families who run their territories in a feudal system. Each family has allies and enemies among the other families. To crush uprisings and fight wars, most families have a Lazarus, a one-person kill squad. It says here that Rucka serves as writer and executive producer on Lazarus, along with, Thank God. Along with Michael Lark and Angela Cheng Kaplan. Well, this is 2018 on Amazon streaming uh, service? That's what it looks like. Amazon, I'm including okay. Amazon Prime, I'm well, assuming. That's extremely exciting. I mean, if there's ever a book that lends itself to television it's it's lazarus i mean i can un totally see that but again you 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 beat me to the punch because i was going to say if ruck is not involved don't bother <laughs> but cause that is so his his and lark's creation i mean it that's it's i think it's one of the greatest works of greg rucka's career which is saying something and because Murd's reading gotham central right now another one of his great achievements um so i'm thrilled to pieces on that i i'm looking forward to that i i think lazarus always has the had the potential to cross over into uh, television, but I, again, I'm just so pleased your ruck is involved because, you know, I didn't see the powers adaptation. I don't want to based on people what people told me. Um, you got to have the creators heavily involved, heavily involved, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, pants, sign me up for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Lazarus is one of the best books out today, so I'm very excited to hear that. Thank you for telling me. Oh, you're welcome. And also, this just came down today. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter. Archie to meet the monkeys in comic book crossover. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, hey. Now, I'm very much enjoying the um, new take on Archie uh, from Mark Wade in the Archie title. I'm also very much enjoying Jughead. Um, and, you know, I... Betty and Veronica was kind of... Okay, that was really only three issues, uh, Adam Hughes... Uh, didn't really go through Reggie and me, uh, and they started this the new book, uh, The Archies, where it's you know the whole band. And I didn't pick it up, and I think issue two was just solicited recently, but this is going to be for issue four. Oh my God, I saw this. The Archies are going to go back in time to meet the monkeys, <laughs> and there's three different covers. There's a Michael. All red cover. Oh, I can only imagine. Oh man, where the monkeys are playing in, in the foreground, in the background, the Archies are like on meteorites. What? Eh, oh, good God! 
I am so so now I got to start getting uh, the art cheese book. Now not that not a bad thing, but uh, oh man, jeez, just when I was out, they put me back in again. Is there a writer mentioned, Brian? Of course there is. I'm so terribly sorry. Uh, Alex Segura, who's co-writing it with Matt Rosenberg. So that's like, oh. Well, uh, I look forward to your reaction on the air, sir. <laughs> hey. Which I'm sure will be enthusiastic. Hey. <laughs> I, brothers, I have to depart. I apologize. All right. I have to go pick up my kid. All right. But uh, as always, it's good to be home. Yes. <laughs> Happy to be here for you, Chris. Thanks, brothers. And uh, no doubt we'll talk soon. Yes. All right, gentlemen. Have a good night. You Take too. care. All right. Bye. Bye. Good night. And then there were two. Yes. Plus a cricket. Oh, you, you heard the cricket? I can hear the cricket, uh, yes. <laughs> I actually just saw the cricket walking across the floor, and I, I didn't step on him. I figured, let him go, let him go. Leo, live and let live is my motto. Exactly. <laughs> so he, if you heard Jiminy Cricket, he's somewhere in the studio here. But if you no. did not hear him, but you heard the music instead, it's time once again. And always let your murder. conscience be your guide. Yes, for Muddle the Murd. Are you ready, Murd? I'm ready. All right, so once again, we have some art donated by our anonymous art <laughs> person. Uh, so up for um, this prize, we have a Steve Ellis Wonder Woman drawing, as well as a Brett Weldley painting of Steeplejack from The Surrogates. All right, and our contestant for this segment is Devin James. Question one, pre-1970, independent. In Wiz Comics, number two, published by Fawcett Comics, the first appearance of Captain Marvel, True. Dr. Savannah demands a ransom sum or he will destroy radio. What is the sum that he demands? Oh. <laughs> I know you read this. This, uh, yeah, th th this is devilish, Devin. <laughs> he wants some artwork. Give him a break. Devious, devilish Devin. He, I, he, I think he, he or she must know that I, I, I don't remember numbers very well. <laughs> so, $40 million. Oh! Oh, so close. It was $50 million. Shoot. <laughs> I mean, not $10 million really close, but no. you, get the, you get the idea. What's $10 million between friends? Exactly. Nah. Uh, he seems to, or yeah, the, the number theme sort of continues here with question two. 1972,000 Marvel. Stan Lee is ascribed with his last ongoing writing credit in the August 1972 issue of Fantastic Four number 125. <laughs> now, here's how he phrased the question. Can you name one of the two other significant publication happenings from that month from Marvel? <laughs> now, he, there's a hint here. He yes, goes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can. Okay, well... Well, uh, uh, you, want, you want to hit first or not? Um, well, uh, well, may I hear the question again? Certainly. Uh, August 1972 was Stan Lee's last issue of Fantastic Fourth 125. So August of 72, can you name one of the two other significant publication happenings from that month from Marvel? Hmm. And there is a hint here he gives. 
so do, do I have the option of hearing the hint? Well, yeah, if you want. You felt you were going to go gung-ho there. But, okay, here's the hint. One was a series number one. The other, a first character appearance. Hmm. Well, series number one in August of 1972. Well, gosh. <laughs> Or a character first appearance. Um, I'm going to say first Luke Cage. No. Would you like to care to guess at the uh, number one issue? Hmm. Uh, 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 August of 1972. Um, first issue of Marvel 2 and 1? Oh, I'm so sorry. The Defenders made their comic debut with the team featuring the Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Namor. Also, Marvel Spotlight number 5, the first appearance and origin of Johnny Blaze, the Ghost Rider, Ghost was Rider. released. All right. So, <laughs> no soup for me there. No, and question number 3 doesn't get any easier. 2001 to present, DC. When DC's The New 52 launched... In 2011, it published 52 ongoing titles. How many titles ended up being published under the new 52 banner? All right. Now, I think there's a <laughs> fine point of semantics here that I'm missing. Okay. All right. So you know, they, they launched 52 new titles. Mm -hmm. How many of them ended up being published under the new 52 banner? No, not it says, how many titles ended up being published under the new 52 banner? For instance, when books got canceled and they brought new books in or made new books, hmm. All right. from so beginning we're... to end, which he's, got to, he's going from September of 2011 to April of 2016, how many different mm -hmm. ongoing titles were published under the new 52 banner? All right, so this is between the post-Flashpoint New 52 relaunch and the rebirth. Initiative. Correct. And, of course, you're looking for a number. A number. <laughs> which which is obviously is greater than 52. 52, yes. <laughs> All right, so this is kind of a jelly bean in the jar guess here. <laughs> Come on. Yoink, 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 yoink. Uh, yeah, I certainly haven't been counting. Um, all right. Um, 68. No, the answer he has here is 93 total ongoing titles were published under the new 52 banner. Mm. All right. Well, that was, <laughs> that was some rough going there. But, uh, <laughs> it sure was. Yeah, so congratulations, Devin Jones. And Model accomplished. There's a P.S. at the very end. It says, P.S., if I do end up muddling the murd, and since I live in Canada... If sending my prize is to cost a prohibitive, I'll donate to whichever option you feel is best. Yeah. Not to worry, Devin. I've, uh, thanks to listener uh, Kurt Schmidt from the Chicagoland area, um, I now have a sizable... Uh, uh, what's a Kitty. good word for, for <laughs> an amount of money set aside? Uh, 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 a, 
sizable allocation uh, for postal expenses. And, uh, yeah, so it's no difficulty at all to, wait to uh, mail your uh, winnings to you across uh, the uh, American and Canadian border. So congratulations again, and you will indeed be getting your artwork just as soon as it and I are in the same place at the same time, <laughs> and I can then uh, put it into the mail for you. Excellent. So I've already forwarded you the email, sir. All right. All right. Any other topics of interest you want to bring up at all? Or? Yeah, to be honest, Brian, the only comic-related thing I had to talk about was uh, what I bought at uh, what turned out to be the last Wild Pig sale. So okay. I think we've exhausted that. So I guess not. Oh, uh, well, a word of thanks to uh, Constantine Nasser, who uh, provided us with our uh, – well, uh, now you have provided me, I should say, uh, with my copy of the uh, uh, Adventures of Captain Marvel serial Blu-ray that he sent to us. And we, we mentioned that in a previous episode, but now, thanks to you bringing it along to the Wild Pig Sale, I've got it in my hands, and I've got a Blu-ray player here, and um, pretty soon I'll be uh, experiencing it and uh, sharing it with all my friends and family and all of that. Because, of course, you, Chris, and Shane did commentary for a couple of the uh, episodes of that serial. That is right. Uh, three episodes, I believe. And so uh, we are uh, listed on there as film historians right next to such notables as uh, Jerry Beck and Leonard Maltin and uh, Constantine himself. Excellent. 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 All right. Well, if there's nothing else, then we'll wrap up this uh, episode with a bow. Uh, once again, this was brought to you by learn to grade comicbooks.com so go to the website check it out and use the coupon code cgs2017 to get five percent off your order if you'd like to leave us a voicemail uh the number to call is 267-702-6642 if you'd rather send an email the address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com you can like us on facebook you can follow us on twitter our handle is at comicgeekspeak you can also visit the comic forums .vanillaforums.com, which is our online uh, listener talkback forum, where you can leave feedback about this and many other episodes of our podcast, or enter into conversation with your fellow CGS listeners on uh, comic-related topics. Uh, we'd like to extend our thanks to those who have donated monetarily to the show in the past. We really appreciate it. The show wouldn't be what it is today without you. And, as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time. Come on, come on.